Hello, Wizards fans. It's our exit interview, so to speak, for Off the Bench as we are recapping the season that was. Uh, the Wizards, they won three in a row to try to finish strong. Jacob Rame, Jeremy Hyman, and Jamoke Davis here with you for our last episode where we discuss the season because we do plan to do episodes in the summer, but that's going to be looking forward, right? No need to look back. Let's look forward. Uh, starting with the next episode after this one. But for now, let's talk about this past season, beginning with what you thought of the season. Like, what's your your first thought when the buzzer sounded? Wizards won, but season over. Jacob, we'll start with you. It was a disappointment. Um, there's no, there's no real other way to sugarcoat it. This was a team with huge expectations, and they didn't get the job done. Um, whether it was injuries um, or whatever whatever you want to point to, the fact of the matter was that this team took a step back this season and um, you know, going to the Eastern Conference semifinals two years in a row, I think um, a lot of pundits in the industry thought that um, this was a year that the team was going to take, take another step forward, um, home court advantage in the first round, looking towards an Eastern Conference finals trip, and um, going 500 and missing the playoffs is not, is, is not what any of us thought was going to happen this year and and so when the buzzer sound in the season ended, it was disappointment it felt much different than the last two seasons i'd kind of gotten accustomed to going to the playoffs and mm-hmm. um and I'm, I'm definitely gonna miss them there's there's no question that you know watching those games on tv is not going to be uh the same as being in the barn with barn with your squad um so but um that being said you know um uh much of the core is coming back and uh this offseason is going to be insanely interesting it, got even more interesting today Mm -hmm. i assume we're going to get to that later in the show yep yep um and and so um i don't i don't think that things are bleak by any means but at at all in fact but disappointing season nonetheless yeah i think disappointing is how i described it on our last show when i said you know we were kind of at that point we were expecting this with basically needing a miracle to get in the playoffs and i just said how how everyone in the organization is disappointed. It stems all the way from the top with our president. It just stems from the top with the president and Ernie Grunfeld and, you know, all the way down, to, you know, everyone in basketball operations staff to the players and the coaches, and everyone's disappointed. I mean, everyone expected this to be a playoff team, and if you're not in the playoffs, no matter why or how it happened, it's just disappointing. So whenever you can plan the end of your season like we did this year, it's never good. You know, usually you want it to be, yeah. like, even as heartbreaking as it was last year in that moment, it was still, you felt a lot better coming out of that, seeing how close the I would team say was. last year, was the, the I was shocked. Well, yeah. yeah last year's ending was, was unbelievable. You know, it ended with a game against Atlanta two years in a row, just in much different circumstances. Mm-hmm. But uh, this year, obviously, we were able to kind of, plan and you get ready for it to end and you know it's april 13th and the season's over you kind of look around like how could this be but um yeah it's it's just i think disappointing is the the most accurate word to use yeah uh, it's frustrating too and it's just um you know it's going to be a long off season now it's a long summer um there's you know no draft picks so drafts might not be as interesting as in years past but like Jacob mentioned and like we've kind of alluded to, new coach coming in, a lot of turnover with free agents. You know, I don't know how many of these guys, other than the starting lineup, no one's really under contract. So it's going to be 
It's going to be a busy offseason. Six guys under contract? Yeah. Well, not including uh, Beal. Yeah, I mean, well, I, mean, I, I was thinking because they're going to offer with Beale. him. With it's, Beal. It's six. I mean, if you consider Beal, who's going to be restricted, and then there's guys with player options, so I don't know how you're considering them. Uh, excuse me, team options. Yeah. Right. Um, Drew's got a team option. Right. There's he a hopes they pick it up. Team options. Um, but ultimately, we could have a much different looking roster at the start of training camp in 2016 17 season. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, that's what we knew two seasons ago when yes. the front office was trying to make changes. This was a season where you were going to see big change. What hurt the most is. I don't know why, but last night I decided to watch NBA TV's Washington Wizards preview for this season again, just to kind of look back on what they were saying. And, you know, they were talking 3-4, you know, just like, hey, the, we the, all were. the Wizards we, were a step away from the Eastern Conference Finals. We, I think it was fair. We Internally, we definitely felt it. And outside of the organization, that, that was a common, common pick to finish top four in the East amongst a lot of national writers. If you go back and look at the preseason, you know, all the preseason previews, rankings, all that stuff, a lot of people pick this team to improve slightly, you know, w w 46 wins was a year mm -hmm, ago. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe win 47, 48, 49 wins this year. I think I picked them to win 50. 50. And, uh, you know, looking back, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say I think it's just, you know, in hindsight, it's obviously it looks like a terrible pick, and they, they didn't come close to doing that. But, but you just, it's just, I feel like it just was just one of those years that just didn't go, it just didn't go right. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that you look at this season compared to last season, and it's, it's five games. Right. The mm -hmm. team finished forty-one and forty-one. So you can, I can, off off the top of my head point to five games where I'm like that should have been a W if one thing had gone differently and yep. those and those five things go differently and you have 46 wins same as last year I think you're and you're in that mix with those four teams three through six and right and we're gearing up for the playoffs right and, now and yeah I think ultimately I didn't know if we wanted to how deep we're diving into that but that that's why you really have to look and I know in this today's world you know today's sports world you you know it's a bottom line league and if you don't do it you know people mm -hmm. lose their jobs and that's how it is but when you look at the the difference between winning and losing night to night and how close it is and what i was we were talking about this the other day was how many games did you feel like the wizards really stole this year out of the 82 versus how many did they just give away that mm -hmm. you were like oh wow san antonio was a steal Maybe, and that's we went back to the, actually the f we were talking about the first two games of the year. Yeah, they played they played pretty poorly and started off two and zero. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee Orlando and Milwaukee and Orlando, where they really those were the two that I thought maybe those were the two games they really didn't deserve all year that they actually came back and won, and they were the first two of the year, and then since then. There were a lot of games that you kind of felt, oh man, they should have they should have gotten this one tonight, and they just let it get away. And you think about um, the one point loss to Indiana at home. Yeah, there I, we could go. I know you're right. Minnesota. You're right. We don't have to the obviously Minnesota. Minnesota game. That, was, that was probably the death blow, and that the, was probably the worst loss of the, the year. The Denver but, um, game. Denver, you know, the Laker game. You lose at home. You know, we're talking about teams that if you're a playoff team, you can't lose at home to the Lakers, yeah. to Denver, to Minnesota. I mean, the Warriors lost at home to Minnesota. I'm just I'm just using this as an example of you can't consistently lose to sub-500 teams at home if you're a mm -hmm. playoff team. And that's what uh, Ernie Grunfeld talked about today in his press conference. Inconsistency. About 
getting more consistent and protecting home court, which is something that has yeah. been up and down. And yeah. That's something that they really need to need yeah. to work on. And the thing is, like, to think that it came down to that Detroit game, yes, it was important for them to win at Detroit, but – It didn't come down to that Detroit Right, because the last right. game oh. of the season, Detroit – took care of business also anyway, Detroit so. would have played their players down yeah. the stretch they yeah. would have played differently but, but you're right I mean that if they had beaten Detroit yeah it would have put more pressure on Detroit absolutely and who knows you know it's you don't, yeah. can't play the whole what if game but yeah it could have come down to the final game of the year for sure they probably would have played their starting five against Cleveland scrubs and they probably would have gotten it done but yeah. it would have put pressure on them for sure right yeah, yeah. would have made things more interesting yeah I mean it, it was close I mean th- that's what the margin between not making the playoffs and making it was so slim this mm-hmm. year and from where they finished and we we just talked about how you know you look at Two things, one thing goes different. Two things go different. They're yeah. maybe they're a playoff team, but I think the ultimate point we're making is w- we wouldn't have been happy like if they had gotten that eight seed. It's not like we would have been having the celebration. About no, they probably would have lost to Cleveland. Right, yeah. they would have been a huge underdog and probably would have lost to Cleveland. And I'm just saying, we would not have having, celebrated. The we'd be fact having that a we sim- the we'd be, we'd be having a similar conversation yeah. to this just two two or just, three weeks yes. later. Just a week, yeah, a couple weeks later. And that's why it's like it's not like oh, if they had gotten the eight seed, like I don't think that honestly would have made a difference in t- in terms of you know what would have happened with with Randy Whitman. No, you I know, agree I with you because you can't you can't that's what because the margin of difference is so slim. If you're if you really think that a change needs to be made, whether they won one more game and got that eight seed. And then lost to Cleveland. Like, that's, I don't think that would have really made too much of a difference. Yeah. But I, at least I hope not, because that's not really fair to the coach to, for it to come down to like one game. It's got to be more big picture, philosophical things that you think really need changes. And the big news, the big change from last night is the Wizards decided not to renew the option on Randy Whitman's contract. They talked about uh, Ernie Grunfeld said too many losses, the team lacked focus, squandered opportunities. And Randy Whitman talked about lacking leadership. Not having that Paul Pierce on the team this season made a difference. Five games, were a lot, there seven were a lot games, of, there whatever were a lot, it was. There were a lot of reasons that were thrown around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the bottom line is that I don't think that you can point to one of them. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that happened. And the bo- the bottom line is it's they didn't get it done. They had third most injury, injuries in the NBA. But – Two out of the four seasons Randy Whitman was here, the Wizards made the playoffs, right? We did take a step forward from, let's well, say, the previous four years. Yes, and that's that's the hard part. When you're in the position, in his position, and this, and whether you think it's fair or not fair, you saw the progression each year. It was He took over, they got better, they got better. Then John came back that second half when he was injured, you remember, and they went 500. And then the fi- the year after that, they made the playoffs for the first year. They won 44 games, made it to the second round. The following year, 46 wins, a little bit better, and they make it again, almost make it to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. This year, it's just it's a significant step back this year. And you know, when you're in the position of head coach, unfortunately, you're the you're the fall guy. You're the head. You know, you're kind of the leader of the ship can't fire John Wall you can't you can't trade you can't cut the whole team you can't you know they don't want to blow up the whole team and what they've built here and so they you know the plan is you know maybe they needed a new voice I mean Mm -hmm. in today's NBA Randy Whitman outlasted a ton of NBA coaches yeah which is just how the landscape is now where these coaches are in and out like I mean look at what happened in Cleveland with David how many were there I feel like it was 
Greg Popovich. He was one of the, the ten list. most tenured. Co- yeah. he was like one of the ten yeah. most ca- the East, tenured coaches in the league. It was, I think, it was Spolstra and Vogel. Dwayne Casey and Vogel, who was mm-hmm. um, maybe he was fourth, right behind them. I mean, we're, yeah. But he, you know, he's been here now, and he kind of he made his imprint, and he. From where this team was, he brought this team to relevance, and he turned this team from being – we were a, a, an afterthought around the league. No one talked about the Wizards. We started 4-28. and 28. Yeah, and then he, he took over, and he, he I think he did a heck of a job for you know bringing this team into the sort of the picture. And then they were a real factor in the playoffs the last couple of years. And the problem is when you do that and then people have expectations and now your young core is growing and then they, you know, they don't reach their expectations. Like I said, you're the guy that like that's the organization now feels like they have to make a move and they want a new voice and they needed some kind of change to shake it up. And that's just that's how it works. Coaching is very much at the professional level. It's a very much a what have you done for me lately sort of sort of uh, job description mm-hmm. and. Um, and, I, and a lot of great coaches lose their lose their jobs over one um, one bad season, and the lack of progression forward on this year ultimately cost Randy his. Yeah, and it's it, like I said. I mean, I like it's hard for me to because I you know I know him. We travel like I'm with the team all the time. You know, him. I've been in every one of his interviews and pregame, mm-hmm, postgame mm-hmm. for the last four and a half years. So it's hard to see someone lose their job that you kind of know. But um, but you know I you could see you could kind of see it coming. It's not it doesn't come as a big shock, and um, you know it's maybe maybe this maybe it will be good for the team. You know maybe the team did need some kind of new voice. Sometimes you hear the same voice over and over, and and that it just kind of it doesn't you, you know you lose sort of the it kind of loses it. There mm-hmm. loses the focus. You don't really have the focus to pay attention because it's just sound kind of, you are hearing the same thing over and over. But um, but it's a players league and they're you know they're the players on this team i mean they're just as responsible yeah in my opinion and that's that's what it comes down to so i think now we'll just go on the coaching search and wait and see kind there of a lot of good coaches out there yeah we'll see, see what happens be interesting to see what route they go of, there's a lot of coaches with a lot of experience and playoff experience and winning pedigrees Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of up and coming assistants looking for jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. It's probably going to be over the next couple of weeks. I think someone will uh, take over here and then we'll sort of be ready to move on. Let's talk about some positives. Uh, the Wizards ended the season 12 and 3 in their last 15 home games. Ramon Sessions, only Wizard to appear in all 82 games. Uh, Marchand appeared in all 82 last year. John Wall. Uh, finished with an average of 19 points, 10.2 assists, 4.9 rebounds, and 1.9 steals. One of only two players who finished with that average, uh, Chris Paul in 08-09 and Russell Westbrook this season. Guys, Jacob, we'll start with you. What are some of your positives from this season that make you optimistic, maybe about next season or the off season? Maybe Kelly Oubre, like you like what you saw from him and looking forward to Summer League. Um. I would say that during the second half of the year, I like the step forward that Otto Porter took. I thought that I thought he was really good in the playoffs last year. Obviously, there's no question. But I thought at the beginning of this season, he didn't, um, he wasn't playing as well as he was in the playoffs. And I thought in the second half of the year, he took he took the next step. And I think he's he's solidly entrenched and 
um, and looked really good down the stretch. And I also I really like what Markeith Morris brings. I think he's a great fit in this offense, um, and he brings some defensive intensity, a little bit of fierceness on the other end. Um, let's say, and then and I think those guys fit around Wall, Beal, and Gortat pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I think those are definitely fair. I, the thing the thing that's I was I don't remember who I was talking about this with, but if you look at a lot of the individual performances or you look at each guy and you talk about like what their numbers were or how they performed this year a lot of them were either career years or they had as good or better than ex than expected seasons when you just if you're going to break down like how did this player do you know John Wall put up great numbers marching Gortat great numbers I believe that we were the only team in the NBA with two players with over 40 double doubles um, wow which is you mm -hmm. know that's that's something. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not big into these stats, but you know, I'm just saying. When you try, it's not hard to find positives from the year. I mean, there was a ton of positive things in a not positive year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they it's not they won 41 games. It wasn't like they won 21 games, mm -hmm. but um, it was more of just the the team. I think. I mean, I guess we're getting back into the negative. The team itself just wasn't. It just didn't work defensively for the most part. They were just way too inconsistent on the defensive end but offensively you go around the roster I mean I thought they almost all played well from an offensive standpoint I mean John Wall I thought was tremendous this year um, you know some of those stretches he went on were just unbelievable mm -hmm. um, I, pl player of the month in December mm -hmm. was it God, I can't believe how long ago that was now yeah but um, he's up for the citizen citizenship yeah. award. Oh, yeah, I mean that's that stuff he does is so great so too. So off the court, he's really yeah, wonderful but, as well. Um, but yeah, Otto I think came on and showed what he can do, like he did in the playoffs last year. These last kind of six weeks or so, he really I thought he really played well. Kelly Oubre even at the very end of the season, you know he he had that stretch. I God was it December? That stretch where he um, you know he was we starting. Were, we yeah, he so blew up. He started to yeah. I think he had 18 points in like the night, second game and he was um you know he really showed that he could play and i think he's a guy he's so young and raw but he's going to grow into a really good player i i'm convinced of that i think it might take two three four years for him to really develop into his full potential but mm -hmm. i'm excited about kelly's future and you know i you know i i really think john and brad can still be a great backcourt in this league mm -hmm. um, obviously Brad's health is going to be the biggest issue with him moving forward. But if he can get healthy and stay consistent, I really um, – I think that the two of them, like we kind of said coming into this year, that's kind of the – that's your future. That's your core right there. So, yeah. Um, so that's – I mean, you go down the roster. I mean, there's positives really all around you could point out. It's just yeah. from a team standpoint and defensive defensively, it certainly wasn't a good season. Okay, so before we talk playoff predictions for the NBA, Jeremy, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. But, Jacob, you and I will we'll come up with something, too. Share a wonderful story from On the Road for our fans. On the Road story? Yeah. From this season? Yeah. Oh, man, what do you want to know about? Just something exciting, <laughs> something you look back on and you laugh or smile or that was really funny. Definitely put me on the spot. I did, I did. Um, can you go to Jacob and come back? <laughs> Jacob, okay. Jacob, anything? I didn't travel this season. I know, all. but just something from the season that you were really 
excited about or laughed or joked? I mean, I always Nothing. laugh and joke with my guys, Jeremy and Chris and Brad and Dan and yeah. yourself. It's always a good time. It's a good, it's a good crew. My favorite story is one that you will see on Monumental Sports Network soon, but having Kelly Oubre here as a rookie, um, I spent a good amount of time with his dad in New Orleans and Houston, and we have a great story coming your way um, on the anniversary of Katrina. A little bit we'll put out on Father's Day. Um, Can't wait. Just talking about their experience uh, leaving New Orleans during Katrina how life changed for him as a young boy moving to Houston, you know, his rise to uh, fame in, in Texas basketball, Kansas, and then with the Wizards. So I think that's something I really uh, enjoy working on and, will, and continuing to work on, and I look forward to getting that piece finished. All I can think of is <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed when Kelly and Jarrell wore the Christmas suits to the game in Brooklyn. Yes. Which was funny and got a lot of great looks when we were mm -hmm. walking in and in the locker room. And they were those were great. <laughs> and the only other thing I really could say on air would be um, whenever I score a goal on against Nene and playing FIFA because he is – he is excellent. Yeah, FIFA. see, for those who don't know, Jeremy often plays FIFA with Nene yeah. on the road. And he, Nene got so good, Otto won't even play with him anymore. Really? Because he said he practices too much, and he got a, he puts himself on another level. <laughs> and so now <laughs> Otto and I are both in the same boat, and we just can't compete with Nene. <laughs> so maybe this summer if he... Uh, gets away from it a little bit our only chance will be if we get him back next year okay get, uh, get some new games in. okay jacob yeah you still want something else from me <laughs> okay let's move on okay playoff predictions everybody i feel like is picking golden state against the field i I'm, I think I'm going with the Spurs against Cavs in the wow. NBA Finals. You like I feel like Spurs. you're just saying wow. that to be a contrarian. No, the Warriors because are going to win the NBA I, championship. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm picking Golden State, but I think people that pick San Antonio have absolutely could make a case for it. These last two games that the Golden State Warriors beat the Spurs, Boris Diaw didn't play. I think he. So could. you're ca so you're calling Boris the X factor. Possibly. From the mouth of Jamoke Davis. Because I feel like every game, Greg Popovich didn't play someone who's going to be playing in the playoffs. Almost like a, yeah, if we win, okay, fine, we win. If we lose, you know, well, I, there's the person I, that you didn't see. Okay, like, I, I'm fine with your pick, Jamoke. You don't have to explain it to me. <laughs> I, I'm not I, fine with it. I think, <laughs> I don't, I mean, listen, Golden State won 73 games. They're probably the best team ever. Record-wise, they are. But San Antonio, what they finish? 67 wins? Mm -hmm. They're a few games behind them. Three have more to Golden State, so and if they won well, those I mean three, the, that's... My point, my point is San Antonio is an outstanding team. Mm -hmm. I mean, outstanding. Loaded team. And when they play, I'm assuming they're going to play each other. I think San Antonio is going to have a tough time trying to get by OKC. OKC, is, OKC is, is dangerous. And yeah. I, I just think... 
regardless, that's, it's going to be, I think, a tough series. So they're going to be coming off a tough series heading in. Then they got to go play Golden State. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Golden State's going to have that much trouble in the first two rounds. Either. You don't think mm-hmm. the Clippers? Clippers? Uh, I, I don't think so either. I don't think oh. it's going to be that much of a series. But I think when San Antonio and Golden State play each other, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a tough, hard. I don't think it's not like Golden State's going to run over them every game. And yeah. I mean, they didn't do it last year. Golden State had some trouble with Memphis last year, and then Cleveland. And you, it's, it's the playoffs are not the regular season. It's not. It's not. Golden Thank State you for that, going yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy Hyman, folks. The playoffs are oh, not, not the, regular the regular season. season. Well, it's a, it's it's like every year. It's like people forget, like when the playoffs start, and they it's just it's totally different. It's yeah. Totally different game when you play a seven-game series against a team. It is completely different than going up against a team in the regular season, like like we saw last year with the Wizards and Raptors. They, Wizards got swept in the regular season, and they swept them in the playoffs. Yeah, just, they're so different, and the game, the style of play, and how intense it is, and how you make in-game, you know, in-game adjustments and game-by-game adjustments, and it's matchups. It's just totally different than the regular season. And th- when the San Antonio and Golden State play, I think each game's going to be close and. The series, I think, is going to be close, and I don't think it's just a given that Golden State is going to just like magically win because they're Golden State. Granted, yeah. I am picking Golden State. <laughs> okay, only yeah, I go think ahead. That, I mean, just you know, the regular season you gloss over play by play, game by game, and then the playoffs, everything is so magnified to an insane degree. And I, I, I'm giving you a hard time picking San Antonio, but I agree they they hadn't. There's no doubt they had an incredible season and are going to be a very tough out for Golden State. I'm I'm not convinced that San Antonio is just going to beat Oklahoma City, though. I think that Oklahoma City is going to be really tough for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a couple of those individual matchups are going to be unbelievable, particularly um, Durant against Leonard could be yeah. the matchup of the entire – the individual matchup of the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that would, It's going to be great. And then on the Eastern Conference side – I, I can't really see anybody beating Cleveland right now. They're a lock. You're calling them a lock. I I, I I feel like it. But if but if I had to pick, you know, I might I might have if I had to pick one team that I thought would give Cleveland a series, I might have said Atlanta before I watched them last night. Yeah, and they just looked so bad last night. Yeah, against us. Um, yeah, I don't know if t- is Toronto ready to com- you know Toronto finished a game behind Cleveland in the regular season. They took a step forward. Are they? Yeah, I, 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 let me. I want to see it before I believe. Yeah. in the playoffs. With I think that I think they need to. I think that for their own confidence and their own, you know, and for them to take the next step forward, they need to beat up on Indiana. A long seven game series with Indiana where they where they eke it out, and I don't like their odds. But if they beat the heck out of Indiana in the first round. You know they they have they have they have the talent. I mean they have an unbelievable backcourt. Mm-hmm. They have size up front. Yeah, I mean Toronto's the next best team. I think that's pretty clear. They proved that all season. Yeah, if Miami had Chris Bosh, they'd be different. In a playoff, it's just how do you pick against LeBron in the East? None of those teams have anything close to LeBron. Uh, he's been in the last five NBA Finals. I can't pick against LeBron. I mean, mm-hmm. Even. I mean, they're healthy this year. He, I mean, he did it last year when they were yeah, insanely they injured, and yeah. now they're healthy. And I don't, I don't know, see how you pick against they them. They have all sorts of issues people talk about, and if there's whether they have issues with each other or you know they made a coaching change midseason, but it's the playoffs now, and it's this is LeBron's time, and he's done it. Yeah, he's made the finals at least for five years in a row. I just, I just can't see it. Uh, 
can't see it going any other way. So I'm I'm going to pick the two one seeds, the favorites, Golden State-Cleveland rematch. Um, Ditto. Okay. But, uh, but I like <laughs> I said, if you pick San Antonio. Okay, how about this? Dark horse. One left. Okay. So I guess San Antonio would be my dark horse. No. I th- you I cannot no, pick can't San do Antonio that. as a dark horse. I think they're a They're favorite. too good. Okay. If you're going to pick a dark horse, it needs to be somebody else. I think it has to be someone other than those three. Clippers. Two. Clippers. If J.J. Redick and Jamal Crawford can get hot, they can match the firepower of Golden State from yeah. the three-point line. Yeah, you all, the, Cl- the Clippers seem like every year it seems like you could say they could do it. I mean, they have star power. They have great role players, shooters. Doc Rivers, who's won a title as a coach. but Sam, uh, I say Sam Cassell as assistant coach, sorry. Uh, Paul Pierce. I mean, he had some big shots right. for us. If he makes, if he gets to play, if he's going to play, he makes some like, big shots for them. I like Boston. Ooh, wow. I like Boston. Um, wow, the Celtics. I like Boston to get out of the first round, um, and then to give uh, to give to give Cleveland a run for their money. Wow, wow, I would love to see that. But yeah. um, I guess if you consider the Thunder a dark horse, there's it's hard to call them a dark horse with Durant and Westbrook on the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, but. You know, in this playoffs, they almost are a dark horse. I, I think beating them in a seven-game series is going to be very difficult. And for San Antonio, if they do it, Mm -hmm. or even when Golden State gets them, look, I mean, like I, I just said, the regular season doesn't matter. But those games were pretty intense when they played Golden State, and they had them beat a couple of times, and they let it get away. But, um, but. The Thunder are a very good team. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I don't, I'm not breaking any news. I mean, <laughs> I think Kevin and Russell are probably two of the best four or five players in the league. Yeah. And you have two of them, you always have a chance to win. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I I'm really looking forward to How about Portland to beat the Clippers last Portland. Night? How about Portland to beat the Clippers what? in the first round? I'm not picking it. Dame McCullum Dame to and go, Dame? Dame to go nuts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm probably not going to pick it either. But <laughs> not pick it. Okay, okay. I like, I like Portland. <laughs> no, that's not – I mean, that, Matt Portland's a team that nobody thought was going to do it with this roster. Yeah. And they're the five seed in yeah. the West. Yeah. So impressive. I yeah. If I, was giving out, if I was giving out grades to regular season teams, like, they'd be right Boston behind. and Portland would get the East and yeah, West. I, I, I remember my preseason a grade. picks. I did not have either of those teams in the playoffs. Pretty sure Jeremy yeah. really liked New Orleans this year. Yeah. Mm, Anthony Davis to I take I a step seat. up. I think you had them as the three. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But – I did have them in the playoffs. I had Utah in the playoffs. They didn't make it. I did not have Charlotte in. Man. I did have Indiana back in. I don't yeah. think I had Detroit in. Yeah. But it's been, I don't know, it's been a inter- I definitely had the Wizards in, and yeah. they're not. So. Well, we're going to say goodbye to this 2015-16 season for the Washington Wizards. It's not quite a clean slate, but it will definitely be a new team next season. Off the bench, we'll stay with you through the offseason. We'll talk some more NBA playoffs as we go through the rounds. We'll even talk some Mystics as the Mystics get ready Heck to yeah. kick off their season. Let's go. Uh, we're tonight. looking forward to that. The WNBA draft is tonight. We'll have coverage for you on Monumental Sports Network. Is Brianna Stewart going to follow us? Oh, man. Or can we trade up to get her? I don't know. Well, I guess you, you never know. We'll see what happens tonight. Um, but uh, we hope that you two 
uh, will enjoy listening to our podcast through the off season as we keep you updated with Wizards news and our opinions and, and thoughts on the Washington Wizards. Thank you very much for listening once again. For Jeremy Hyman and Jacob Rame, I'm Jamo K. Davis. Off the bench, exit interviews are done. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.